Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hey everybody, you're listening to episode 98 of the Classic Gaming Podcast. Today's date is January 26th, 2018. I'm Robert Ring, and with me is Mr. Jay Totoro. Hello. 190, wait, 98. 98. Only one more to go, and then we're at the big 100. 100. 100. 100. How do you feel feel about that? Think about all the hours of our lives wasted. I know, literally wasted. (laughs) to make you happy just basically pretty much it's pretty cool i mean you know when we first started doing this we just kind of did it casually and it's crazy that we've been doing it for this we've been doing it for what three years uh maybe even more than that i keep forgetting when the when the very first one was um it's it's, hold on i gotta find out now (laughs) i think it was like i think it's a little over three years yeah okay it was oh shit no it's a little over (laughs) four years Oh my god, really? That's crazy. Four years. Yeah, it really is crazy. It doesn't. It really doesn't feel like I've spent four years of my life doing this. No, uh, not. Everything going good over in Arizona? Yeah, I mean, it's beautiful right now. <laughs> I'm going hiking as much as I can. I mean, we have a low 40, high of 70 during the day, pretty much. Nice. Um, uh, we are, quick note to the listeners, using a... I'm using a new uh, recording setup, so hopefully there's not any issues. If there is... It sounds so much better. My apologies. I think it's going to be a lot better, yeah. Good. Um, Anything happening? Anything awesome happened lately? Or is it, do we want to jump in? Um, no, not a whole lot, to be honest. It's been pretty good. Just busy. Oh, I had a root canal. Oh, really? Yeah. Actually, oh, what, that's so bad. It actually wasn't that bad at all. Mine went, like, extremely smoothly, really? and, like, I didn't have any pain afterward. How do you avoid having to get root canals? Just take really good care of your teeth? Um, mine I got because, like, I had a filling from a long time ago that, like, something went wrong with. And did you know, or did it just... Uh, like, I kind of did. Did you know it was getting worse? I, I didn't... Like, it kind of... Ever since I got that one particular filling, that one tooth was kind of kind of sensitive if I hit bit, like, hard stuff right on it, so I just avoided really? it for a long time. And that was like 10 years ago, but then like a few months ago, it started getting really bad. Oh, really? Jeez. Yeah. Sounds terrible. Um, it's not nearly, I mean, it wasn't as bad as it sounds like. Hmm. So I, I got off lucky, I guess, because like the root canal itself really didn't bother me. 
news? Sure. That's all the that's the only interesting story I I don't have good stories as I don't have as good stories as you do. Yeah, that was pretty okay. I got my teeth cleaned yesterday. That's pretty nice. Oh, at the dentist? Uh-huh. Oh, we both went to the dentist. I know. That's pretty awesome. crazy. Yeah, that's nice. Dude, I I actually take like crazy good care of my teeth and my teeth cleanings take 25 minutes. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> it's I do, so sick. I do now because I used to like not floss. Like oh, not really? like oh, I mean I have like up until about ten years ago, I basically never flossed, and I would get cavities all the time. Really? Yeah. Damn. But I do now. But like, it's a lot. Like some of those issues, like are, you know, like kind of like longer term stuff that I, like caused from never flossing when I was little. Anyway, let's talk That's about crazy. news. Oh yeah, should tell. Welcome Stop to the classic the dental podcast. Hygiene podcast. <laughs> Brush your teeth, kids. All right, <laughs> we got two items of news on the docket. Wow. Both of them are some year anniversary versions of games coming out. First is Disgaea. Originally came out on PS2. You know Disgaea, the yeah. uh, strategy RPG. It is getting a HD remake. And it's for the, I think it's the 15 year anniversary of that one. And that's going to come out this summer. Do you, I played Disgaea on the podcast a while back. Do you, are you, do you like that game? It's interesting. I, I let me take a look. I want to remember which one it is. I've watched people play this game, but oh, have you not played it? You haven't played it. I figured. No, I did play it at one point. I did. I play this. Uh, I think I played it for a podcast actually. Mm-mm. The original one? I don't. I mean, maybe you did. I didn't think you ever had. Oh, maybe I just didn't talk about it. I believe I played this before. Maybe you did. Did you get really far into it? Uh, I got like probably six or seven hours or something like that. So not really. Did you far. like it? Um, yeah, I liked it. I didn't, like, love it. It wasn't enough to keep me going. Eventually, I sort of got tired of it, but I thought it was a good game. That's cool. So that's getting a an HD remake. And then the other one is Age of Empires. Which this, one? Uh, one? one yeah, the, yeah, the first one. It is getting a definitive edition. And actually, apparently this was announced at E3 last year, and I never heard about it. Yeah, I never heard about that. But it's coming out February 20th, so it's just around the corner. Um, wow. It's So obviously it's going to have graphical improvements, but it's also got a couple other, like, uh, it's, got a, it's got a couple gameplay improvements also, such as attack move, which it apparently didn't have <laughs> to begin with, a, an improved minimap, and uh, it says other improvements to gameplay, so some other some other kind of miscellaneous things that they haven't specifically noted. It'll probably be like what they probably saw what Blizzard was doing with redoing Starcraft. Yeah, probably something like that. Well, it sounds like they're doing... I'm happy about it. It sounds like they're doing more to... Because Blizzard didn't do anything to the actual gameplay. And it sounds like they are kind of making a few tweaks to, to make the gameplay like a little friendlier. Gotcha. Did you ever play Age of Empires 1? I know you liked 2 a whole yeah, lot. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. Let me think of this is the tw- I believe this one is the 20 year anniversary for yeah I've played this wow that does look interesting though I'd, I'd probably play this probably if they remade it I love RTS's oh I know I know you do one of my goals is here is to play more RTS's you become you could play every RTS ever made could be your goal <laughs> I have to beat them have to be- <laughs> yeah I still can't believe how good Warcraft is, though. God damn. That game was so good. Warcraft 3? 
Yeah. No, anyway, well, Warcraft, I would say Warcraft 2 is bored. They're just so fun. Oh, just Warcraft so Yeah, they are all good. <laughs> well, so well good. I'm sorry, I've only played the third one, but yeah, the third one was really good, and I imagine that they all are, yeah. Alright, sweet. Well, uh, that's that's all the news I have, so I guess we'll jump, I guess we'll do games. Sweet. Let's see who goes first. Okay, so for this um, for this episode, we are returning to the games that we randomly selected to play a few, well, about 10-ish episodes back, we randomized, we, we did the best we could to come up with totally random games to play. Basically, we had, we listed um, most of all the consoles, at least the ones that we had access to, as well as PC, yeah. and had a randomizer choose one, and then we went one letter at a time and searched through the Wikipedia's list of all of the games for that for that console, and we, so we would, we had all the letters listed out A through Z, and so if we got a D, then we would pick a game that started with D, and then we would do the next letter, and so on and so forth, until we had a game until we kind of narrowed it down for to one game for that console. So, Jay's game was Mr. Nuts. Mr. Nuts yeah. <laughs> for Game Boy Advance. Mine was Clock Tower for PS1. And I just did another randomizer to see who goes first and it looks like I'm going to be talking about Clock Tower for Actually, I take this back. I'm going to let you go first because I have one other game to talk about and I want to save that for the end so we can go ahead and do this this part first. Oh, excuse me, I shouldn't get my mic all the shit. That's fine. Yes. So why don't you start off and tell us all about Mr. Nuts? By the way, this is Mr. Nuts spelled with a Z. Can you stop saying Mr. Nuts, please? I will never stop saying Mr. Nuts. It's the best, <laughs> it's the best game title ever. I love that we got it for the It's actually thing. pretty nuts. Get it? <laughs> I get it. No, please explain. Um, so yes, I played Mr. Nuts, which came out for the GBA. Um, it actually came out for a couple different systems. I saw it came out for the uh, one of the Sega ones. I saw. I'm trying to think, it was yeah. for yes. I was look because I was just looking at the wiki. Actually, let me... yeah, the Sega Mega Drive. Uh, Sega Genesis is what this says. Oh, okay. That's this is this is according to Wikipedia. That's well, we all know how accurate that is. Apparently, it was on <clears throat> SNES as well. That's interesting. I I've actually played actually no, I played the SNES version and I played the GBA version. I only played the SNES version for, for a few minutes though, because I realized that was the wrong one. Ah, uh, okay. Um, so yeah, so this game came out in 1992 at its initial release. Um, this is a 2D side-scrolling platformer. And it is interesting. I played through... It, it, it's kind of weird. I, I really... I hated it for the first little bit of it. And then I liked it later on. Okay. So the, it's, a, it's a very... When you start the game, it's very simple. You are a squirrel, and you have the ability to um, hit mobs, or you can shoot nuts at them if you have them. You only have a limited amount of them. And then you also have the ability to... Yeah, right. And then you also have the ability to uh, jump on specific mobs heads if you want to deal damage to them and the first like first couple levels it's i don't know it's weird the mobs it starts off like kind of slow and then it gets like ridiculous very very quick really? so yeah so like the first mobs you fight are, are <laughs> apples they're literally apples with limbs and they like walk back and forth they don't really come after you, if you jump on their head or avoid them but then see so you, you kind of get comfortable with that and it's like whatever they're not the deal but then there's these mobs that are like these uh they're slugs with with spiky shells on their back 
And if you jump on them, you take a bunch. You take a heart of damage. I think you have a five health in total. And so they're kind of annoying because they'll put them on key platforms and they move very. They can move very quickly, even though they're slugs. So that was kind of annoying, and I was like, okay, you know, it's whatever. Then I get to the next area, and this is this tilted me for a while. So you're walking, and there's these piran- uh, piranha plant type mobs. That's kind of what they look like. But you don't see them till you're on top of them. They're like <laughs> in the background, kind of painted in the background, like these little bulbs. And then when you get close enough to them, they pop out and attack you. Oh, and really? It took me like 30 minutes to like memorize where they were because they, they kind of blend with the background unless you're really <laughs> That sucks. And so I kept dying to it. I was getting so frustrated. And uh, so I got through that part, and then I got through the first boss, which actually wasn't too bad. I only took a couple tries. Um, and I was like, okay, the game's pretty okay. Like, I guess I'll try the second world. If the second world is anything of the same, I'm just going to stop playing because I'm just not really having fun. So the second world's really good. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> the music in the first world is pretty good. It's like, you know, whatever. But the music in the second world, is it adapts very well to to what's going on around you. And it's actually really good. And I was very surprised that this game, you know, just being a platformer, had decent music. Um, and the second world, in terms of playing, was actually pretty fun as well. The second boss is where I'm at right now. And she's a, just a witch on a broomstick that flies around. There's a, it's a very simple mechanic, but I'm still getting used to a couple, couple parts of it. It can take me 20 or 30 minutes. But... I don't know. The game's very fun. I've probably been playing for like three or four hours now, and I'm really enjoying it. And I was actually kind of surprised when I first the first couple first day I played it, I was just like, I really don't like this game. And then I was like, Well, I should play a little bit more and just give it more of a chance, so I have more to talk about. And then I started playing a lot more, <laughs> and now I want to beat it. <laughs> now you want to beat it? Yeah, it's it's really fun. It's it's just your it's just your essential platformer. You can collect coins to uh... actually. To be honest, I don't know what the coins are for. I just realized that. Oh, maybe when you... I bet you if you get... I've never gotten to 100, so I'm for like maybe points in extra life. Yeah, maybe it's for points. And then the other thing they can drop is the nuts, which, you know, store them and chuck them at people. So you get... So you can, like, pick up more nuts and they're basically kind of like ammo? Yeah, exactly. And you have a very limited supply. Like, it's not... It's not crazy at all. It's very, very limited. <laughs> does, it, does it control well? It's okay. The jump is awkward. Like it, it. I'm still dying because I under or overshoot my jumps, just because it's kind of clunky. It's not the best jump, and there's, like you know, okay. Let's put it this way. Depending on how hard you press the A button, let's say the A button's the jump, right? Uh, depending on how how hard you press it, let's say the further higher you jump, and you know, there's like metrics of like, okay, if he's this far, it's gonna do this. If he's this far, it's gonna do this. I feel like in this game, it's either floor it. Or nothing. Like, you get this little baby <laughs> So it, it just gets kind of annoying to read after a while. Like, trying to read it, rather. That's the best way I can okay. describe it. Florid? Florid. So not a complete winner, but a pretty but a pretty solid... Yeah, it turned out a lot better than I expected. It really did. So <laughs> I, I'm going to continue playing. I was playing, that's what I was getting frustrated about a little bit while ago. Okay, I was wondering if that was it. Um... <laughs> So it sounds like it's one of those games like, yeah, this is a platformer. It's pretty good. Not a whole lot to say about it. Yep, exactly. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's 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 quick. Is that it for Mr. Nuts? That is. That's you're gonna, but you're gonna, but you plan on continuing the Mr. Nuts saga? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, keep us posted. It's a little bit longer. I will. Uh, all right. Then I will talk about Clock Tower. Nice. Clock Tower is a PlayStation One game. It came out. I don't have it pulled up. 
1996. By the way, Mr. Nuts came out in 93 slash 94. It looks like initial release 1992. Oh, okay. Maybe 1992. Okay. Uh, Apparently the GBA version was 2001, but I believe it's just a, Ah. it is just a port of the originals, right? As far as you know? Okay. As far as I know, yeah. Okay. Clock Tower came out in 1996 for, again, the PlayStation 1. This is a, this is a, not very weird, this is a kind of unique game. It is a survival horror point-and-click adventure. I was, th- I was trying to think of the best way to describe this, and I was like, you know, this is really just a, I guess, survival horror point-and-click adventure game. And then I was <laughs> looking up, I was trying to refresh my memory about a couple things, so I pulled it up on Wikipedia, and it says... They use the exact same words. It says Clock really? Tower is a survival horror point and click adventure game. So That's so funny. It looks if you look at screenshots from the game, it looks like a Resident Evil style game. But it really is not at all. The only thing it has in common is the horror theme and the three D the, the the graphics are in three D. And the kind of graphical style is sort of the same, but it doesn't play anything like a Resident Evil game. You said you played this a long time ago. Yeah, a long a bit, time ago. Right? Yeah. Um, and it literally is a an actual point-and-click adventure game. You are not directly controlling the characters. You have a cursor on the screen, just like as if you were playing a point-and-click on the computer. And you're you know, controlling the cursor with a D-pad. And cl- and pressing X to make them walk places, or you know, using or to to use objects in the environment, or to pick up things and put them in your inventory, that kind of stuff. That being said, it's very puzzle light. It's not like point most point and click adventures where it's the whole thing is very puzzle based, and you got to go around talking to a million people trying to figure out how to get past this or that, <laughs> or to make something happen. Um, it's it's not so much that. It's more like. Uh, click on things to to pick up stuff and then everything is pretty straightforward for the I mean again there are puzzles throughout the game and I'll kind of get to those a little bit more but it's nothing that you're ever going to spend more than a couple minutes trying to figure out generally you're walking around exploring clicking on things talking to people and you find everything that you need in the course of doing that and when you get to a point where you need those items most of the time it's 100% clear what you need so there's never any like you know, tricky stuff that you have to figure out, really. Except for maybe in a few places. The, uh, so, the, so the story of Clock Tower. You are in a town uh, that has been hit by a series of murders where people's heads are chopped off. And f- it's kind of weird, from, but from what everybody can tell, it, uh, it seems like their heads are chopped off by a giant pair of uh, scissors. Yeah. And so this creates the myth of Scissor Man, who everybody says is this creepy guy or monster that goes around with a gigantic pair of scissors, cutting people's heads off with the scissors. This is, some people believe that Scissor Man exists. Some people think he, he is only a myth and, and, you know, there's some other explanation, but there's surely not a guy like this walking around cutting people's heads off with giant scissors. So there's... You know, a little bit of, you know, maybe he's real, maybe he's not. There are uh, two playable characters. And you start off as one, you start off as one of them all the time. And who you play as is determined in the very early game by certain actions you take in 
the very first part of the game. In particular, there's you're, you're in this one part, you're going around kind of talking to people. You work at a university, and this university also happens to be the university where a professor who's researching Scissor Man and sort of trying to figure out the mystery of Scissor Man uh, also works. And I don't remember exactly, but I believe you have some sort of tie-in to uh, the, the mystery of Scissor Man as well that you're trying to figure out on your own. But regardless, it starts off and you're this, you're, you're this character. Both, both of the playable characters are females. And there's, you're, and you're going around the beginning looking at things and just talking to people around the university. Nothing really major has happened yet. And there is this one particular guy. And depending on um, how many times you talk to him, the game will have you play as one person or another. Like, it's, it's very random. Like, not random as in, like, it does a random, like, dice roll, but it's random as in, like, it's arbitrary. Like, if you talk to this guy, like, I don't know, three or four times, then you play as one character. If you talk to him less than that, hmm. then you play as the other character. That's just how the game decides who you play as. It doesn't, it doesn't like, tell you that, really. Um, that's just kind of how it determines who you play as. So, apparently, the game has fairly different endings and a lot of other events are a bit different depending on who you pick. I don't know what the difference is because I only played as one. The story is mainly you trying to solve the mystery of Scissor Man. The gameplay goes back and forth between two kind of primary sort of modes of play. I mean, the mechanics are all the same. It's always a point and click uh, game, but there are, so it goes back and forth between one, you going around and sort of just talking to people uh, in the university and around the city, there are five or six different locations you can go to. The hotel where this where this kid, um, I believe, who was attacked once by Scissor Man is and his mom and talk to them. Or you can go to the police station or there's a few other places that you can go um, and talk to people and try to kind of see what you can find to, f- to help you figure out the mystery of the Scissor Man. And there, so that's, that's, that's kind of one half of the game, or that's really a little bit less than half, but that's one of the modes. And then the other kind of mode of play is where you get stuck in scenarios where you're trapped in a building and Scissor Man is trying to kill you. So the first of these happens while you're at the university, you have a dorm for like the people who work at the university, at the university, you're there. And through a series of events, Scissor Man kind of busts in, essentially, and he's trying to kill you, and you're trying to escape. And during all of these scenarios where you're in a place and Scissor Man is essentially hunting you down, it is you going around and trying to figure out, essentially, just how to get out of the place that you are without Scissor Man killing you. So when you're at the in this one particular university building, it's like, oh shit, the doors are locked. How am I going to get out? And you're going around, basically picking up objects and and using them to get like find a key to open this door. And it, again, it's very light. It just it basically just consists of you going into every room that there is and kind of poking around, seeing what there is to pick up. And if you do that, then you get all the items you need. It's very clear when you need those objects. It's like, oh. Uh, this door is locked. Oh, okay. I've got the key. I bet this is what unlocks it. Yep. That's what it does. And like, <laughs> you know, it, it's very, very simple stuff. Nothing that you have to, like I said, nothing that you have to spend any time actually figuring out. But so while you're doing this, as I said, the scissor man is also in the building and he's hunting you down and trying to kill you. Now it's Jesus. really, it, it sounds really fucking scary. Yeah. 
but it's really not too bad. Um, I can see how it absolutely would have been for the time. And it does get pretty creepy sometimes, but it's really not too bad because so you might be poking around in a room and scissor man comes out of a closet and starts trying to get you. Now that is kind of creepy. And the way he walks is also kind of creepy. Like he's this kind of short, it's, it's, you never really get a very good view of whether he's a human or just kind of a humanoid sort of like creature of some sort, but he's very short. He's very hunched over and he's got these giant scissors that are as big as he is. And what he does is he slowly he slowly walks towards you, and every step he takes, he's clamping the scissors together while he's walking at you. Again, it is pretty creepy. Not nearly as bad as it probably sounds. And what you have to do is run away from him and find a place to hide. If you if you don't find a place to hide, if you just keep running away then he will always keep following you. Oh my God, he'll just keep reappearing around you. <laughs> well, what do you, no, no, no. Like, it'll show, so for instance, you might run out the door of the room you're in and then run down the mm-hmm. hallway. As soon as you get part of the way down the hallway, then he comes out the door and he's following you. If you go into the next door, then that's fine. It'll cut to the next room. And then as you walk around that room, a, a couple <laughs> seconds later, he'll come in the door. And it'll keep no, doing this. That's too scary. <laughs> It'll keep doing that over and over again until you actually find a hiding spot or, or until he catches up with you. If he catches up with you, sometimes if you're in like a dead end, sometimes in in some certain dead ends, they give you things in the environment that you can use to uh, like distract him or not distract him, but like maybe knock him over or something that sort of stuns him and you can get past him and run away. Um, but most of the time, he still gets back up and starts chasing you, and you still have to find a place to actually hide. In the university, there's a bathroom, and that's ninety percent of the time where you end up hiding. And then you like it'll show you like go into the bathroom and hide in a stall, and then it shows him walk in the bathroom and sort of stand there for a second, and then he turns around and walks out, and that basically means you're you're good, and you can you can go back out, and he's not going to be standing there waiting on you or anything. Um. Sometimes, though, there there are some hiding spots in some parts of the game where sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. So sometimes it's a little bit of a gamble. Like, there's this one part where I was hiding in, like, a dresser or something like that. And uh, sometimes it would work. And sometimes he would just, like, fucking stab me through the dresser. Or I don't remember if he did it through what? the dresser or opened it first and stabbed me with the scissors. But, yeah. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't on some spots. So that adds that that does add a little bit of of tension. It's kind of weird that like I would like a little bit more assurance as to whether I'm you know no, to know whether I'm hiding is a good spot. But it also is I think it's a nice touch that like you never really know if you're safe. So I think that works okay. That's cool. Um, the problem is after the first one or two times, it's it loses its scariness because. When you're playing this game, again, it's a point-and-click adventure game. All you're doing is saying, I need to get on the other side of this hallway, or I need to get into this door. You just click on a door, and then you watch your person walk to the door. Um, and and if you double-click on it, then they run. So most of the time, that's what you're going to be doing. So it's not like, oh, should I have to control the person just right? You know, like maybe as if, it, you know, maybe if you imagine if it was a Resident Evil game, that would be a little bit creepier because you're like, oh, I got to make sure that I maneuver them around these corners and all that and, mm-hmm. and run just that. But in this, you're like, well, if you just think about it for a second, you're like, well, they the, they have to have 
designed the game to where it's possible to get away. There's nothing True. more I can do besides double click on this door and let them get away. So if I just do that, then it's out of your control. Right. So I have to be fine if I do this. Otherwise, the game is broken. So it that takes a lot of the tension out of it. If because be you basically know most of the time that you're going to be okay. Uh, it is still pretty creepy with him chasing you, but again, you're almost. You're, you're very assured most of the time, especially if you know where to go high, that you're going to be able to get away from him. Let's see. Uh, okay, so the game is... So as I said, it goes back and forth between these segments and other segments where you're walking around, like, talking to people and trying to find clues as to what... You know, as, like, to figure out who this guy is, where he comes from, and all this kind of stuff. There are three segments with... Uh, with the with um where you're stuck in a place and the scissor man is trying to get you, three different locations where that happens, and um, or at least on my playthrough it was, the last one of these is extremely annoying. So near the end of the game, uh, for the final area that you go to, you figure out oh okay the scissor man has to have. We think he came from this castle, like, uh, in this other country that we're going to fly to and go check out. Um, and you're going to, you're kind of going there with your group of people that, that you've met throughout the game. So you fly to this castle, and you get stuck in the same situation again, where it's like, oh shit, the scissor man's here, he's trying to get us. But this time it is, uh, like, extremely annoying to play, because... The castle, well, there are a couple reasons. The castle is much bigger than the other portions of game of the game where you've done this. And there are also much more locked doors, much more keys to find, and this kind of stuff. And it almost sort of does become kind of Resident Evil-ish this way. <laughs> um, but it still really doesn't, it still doesn't play at all like a Resident Evil game. But just the fact that there are so many locked doors and shit. And it's also very confusing to navigate around this castle because you like you might go in a hall and then there's like four doors or another hall and then like you go in one of those doors and then there's like another hall and three more doors. It's like it gets so confusing. It's impossible to keep <laughs> track of where you are. Not and and much less find keys to doors and figure out where to go. To, you know where, where this key goes and that kind of stuff. But on top of that. When you get chased by Scissor Man in this castle, you end up there. There are uh, very there are relatively few places to hide compared to how big the place is. So you might be you know in a place where you're like, all right, I need to be in this kind of area to find this key or to unlock this door. But if he starts chasing you, have to run away. You end up running away like six or seven screens over, maybe, and then you're just fucking lost. And so. Not only are you lost, but even if you know how to get back, it's like a pain in the ass to get back to where you were in the first place because you had to run so damn far away because the scissor, scissor man was chasing you. Uh, it gets, it's, again, it's just super annoying, this, this whole part of the game. There are supposedly 10 different endings to the game. Jesus. Some of them are like, are like, kind of, halfway game over type endings like there's one there's one ending that you get if you do something wrong on like the second area of the game and then you don't even go to this final part of the game so they're not all like real endings but there is like a legitimate ending for it 
Uh, and it also depends on what character you're playing and a couple of other things that you do in the early game, like whether you got this item or that. There might be a couple of differences, but there's 10 different endings. Uh, the ending that I got, which I believe is the kind of the main one, it's because the story was all wrapped up pretty solidly, was really just pretty stupid. I, I like I won't go into spoilers, but it like you see what happens to Scissor Man, you find out who Scissor Man was and all this stuff, and it's like that was dumb. Like <laughs> this is stupid. A waste of my time. Yeah, it, it, it. I mean, basically was kind of. Uh, so the ending, not not good. One other weird thing that I didn't figure out until, like, uh, a good bit into the game, really until I was close to being done with it, is when you're in the parts where... Well, I, actually, I think this is in any part of the game, really. Every once in a while, wh- whether you're, you know, exploring rooms, trying to find a way out uh, away from Scissor Man, or if it's in the kind of the in-between parts where you're just more or less, you know, walking around mm-hmm. doing investigating, every once in a while, you will... Like you, you kind of do the typical point and click adventure thing where you wave the cursor around the screen and if it light and it might light up over an object and if it does you want to go check it out. <laughs> Sometimes when it does that, it just says you found a hint, and that's it. It doesn't <laughs> literally. It doesn't tell you what it is. It doesn't tell you what kind what the hint uh, is hinting about. It doesn't tell you in what way this is helping you. It literally just says you found a hint and that's it. So. Naturally, you're like, okay, well, this is a hint to, like, this is a clue to Scissor Man, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But I wish I knew what it was, but I guess it's not going to tell me. Um, okay, so apparently that's not what it is at all. These are, like, metagame hints. And what they are is you find these random, like, spots in the game where if you click on them, it gives you a hint in the menu system where the menu system has a big list of all the hints that you unlocked and all these are are things that again they're kind of like metagame stuff. It's like saying they'll like if you get one hint, hint it might say, "Oh, if you talk to this guy at the beginning of the game five times, then you play as this character." Or like one hint might be like, "Make sure you get this object in the beginning of the game, or else the ending is going to be bad," or you know stuff like that. So like the hints are telling you how to play the game better. It's not actually hints as to the mystery of the story. So that was That's really weird. Yeah, That's that was disappointing. It was yeah, it was kind of both. It was like really, I mean, it would be. I mean, I guess it was more weird than anything, is because you're like, oh, these are what the hints are. Okay, I don't. That's kind of weird, but whatever. Overall, uh, it's not really a good game, as you can probably tell from what I from from all how I've described yeah. it. I, I can see how it was pretty neat for its time. Maybe even. Uh, and it was even I could see how it was even scary for the time because there are a few parts that are that kind of creep me out as well. But it really just does not hold up at all. I would say. One interesting fact: Clock Tower for PS One, this game is actually, and I know this thanks to our friend SNES Drunk. This is actually a sequel to a Super Famicom game called Clock Tower. In, Interesting. I didn't know that. Yep. There was, uh, it was never ported to the Super Nintendo in the States, but in Japan, the Super Famicom had a game called Clock Tower that plays just like this. Obviously, it's not 3D graphics or anything like that. But uh, this is the sequel to that game. So in Japan, this game that I played is Clock Tower 2. And uh, it looks, 
from and he go check this out on SNES Drunk. Just do a search for Clock Tower SNES Drunk, and where he's got a description of the game. It looks much more interesting on the Super Famicom version. Um, there are like some problems with it, like the like the characters move extreme, like painfully slow. I'd say, which look which I don't know if I would be able to deal with for very long. But um, just the fact that they had a game with this, and the game plays pretty much the same same as I've described it. The fact that they have a game like this for you know, basically Super Nintendo is kind of interesting because there's really nothing else like this on Super, S- Super Nintendo. So, uh, yeah, again, I can see how it was interesting for its time, but it's just not good anymore. Sorry. Sorry. Clock tower creators. So yeah, anyway, I don't, I don't recommend it. Um, we are actually making pretty good time. So I might go ahead and do I have one. I, I've got, well, I've got two other games. I'm just going to pick one of them. Sure. Should I pick the longer one or the shorter one? We do have a bunch of emails this time, so that's um probably if we have a lot of emails, then I'd probably do the shorter one. Shorter Maybe one next time. Hold up. All yeah. right, all right. So shorter one, it's going to be very short. I played pinball for the NES. Wow. Um, what year did this come out? 1983. No, 19. Okay, 1984. Well, I can't, I don't know what, the, I don't know which one it says pinball is a 1983 video game, but then it says it debuted. It says it released for Nintendo on 1984. <laughs> one of those doesn't really make a difference. I basically bought this purely because the box art is cool. <laughs> it's like the, the, um, the classic black box style NES, uh, art, you know, mm-hmm. and it's got a picture of Mario. It looks like a, it makes it look like a breakout game because it's got a picture of Mario or somebody who looks, I, I believe, yeah, it is Mario carrying a little board over his head and a, and he's running and there's a ball bouncing off the top of it. Um, so I played this a little bit and I'm not even a pinball fan. I don't really care for pinball. So like, I almost don't like, like I said, I really just bought this because I think the box looks cool and it was pretty cheap. It's a pretty basic pinball game. Uh, you're just, I mean, you know, I'm so excited. Uh, it's a, it's a pinball game. <laughs> It's there's really not a whole lot more to say about it. You're playing pinball, you're hitting bumpers, you're hitting little uh there's some parts with little penguins that pop out of eggs that you get points if you hit them. And there are two le- it's it's essentially a pinball uh if you think of it as a table, there are essentially two levels to it. So when you do the when you like launch the ball at first, then it goes up to a second screen and then you're playing up there and then so for instance if it you're hitting the ball around obviously with the paddles. If it falls between the paddles, then it goes down to a to like a lower level, to like a bottom part of if you imagine it on the table. And then you're playing pinball there too. And if you hit it, if you hit it just right or and it goes up really far, then it might go back up through the paddles, back up to like, you know, the top section of the game and you can go back and forth. Obviously, if it falls down at the bottom through the bottom ones, uh, then you know you've lost that ball. But it's really just a um, just a score chasing pinball game. Uh, there is one little part where there's this uh, there's this little hole, and if you uh-huh. <laughs> if you hit the ball into the hole, then it does actually turn out to it does actually turn into a breakout like game where it's it does what it's.
Hey everyone, uh, quick note here. Uh, apparently when I was recording this, I accidentally muted myself for just about a minute or two. Uh, so we lost this part of the recording where I finished talking about pinball, but what I was going to say right here was, at this part of the game where you knock the ball into this one particular little hole, it does turn into a sort of mini breakout style game where you do control Mario and he's running around at the bottom and he's holding a little platform over his head and there's a ball bouncing off of stuff uh, above you and you're trying to position yourself beneath the ball so it doesn't fall through. And uh, at the top of the screen is the princess. And if you, there are these numbers that light up a certain way if when the ball hits them. And if you get them all to light up the same, I believe it's pink. If all of the numbers light up pink all at the same time, then you save the princess and you get like a bunch of points or something like that for it. So that's, that's kind of like a little mini game off to the side of pinball. And that's really all there is to pinball. Uh, as I said, it's a very basic game. It's just a simple pinball game on NES, and there's really not much more to it than that. So if you like pinball games, maybe give it a shot, but I'm sure there's plenty of other stuff that, that's that's better, especially nowadays. For me, I don't care for pinball, so it's kind of maybe dumb for me to play it in the first place. And uh, anyway, that's all there is for that. Sorry again for the little uh, mishap here. The rest of the uh, podcast, I believe, is good to go, so I'm going to finish putting the rest of that together, and I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> All right. Top fives. Give this another that. shot, because I accidentally muted myself on our first attempt at this. Luckily, we only got to number five. Uh, top five games we would like to be good at speedrunning. A quick clarification. The way I approach this and the way... Uh, I didn't make this clear, but... Jay ended up doing the same thing, so it works out, is we did, we assumed in these that we kind of get to skip practicing them and just automatically get to be good at them is kind of the way we exactly. approach these. A lot of these, or for me, really just one or two of these, I, I really would not want to practice, but I would like to just <laughs> get to be good at it without, yeah. without having to put forth any effort. So, um, Jay, number five, what's the number five game that you would like to be good at speedrunning? So for me, it would be uh, one of the Final Fantasies, preferably seven forward, like seven, eight, nine, well, minus eight, it's like seven, nine, ten, and twelve, maybe. Um, I just think it would be really interesting to play this game so much that you've already one hundred percent of the game, and now you're just abusing it, just trying to figure out what's the shortest way I can get from A to B, et cetera, et cetera. I think it would be really, really interesting. Yeah, I think that would be a good one. As I said earlier, I considered putting Final Fantasy ten on my list. Because, I, cause yeah, I, I know what you mean. The Final Fantasy games, like, I don't know what it is, but something about them. The snow yeah, speed speedrunning really cool. kind of in- is interesting, right? Yeah. All right, my number five is purely so that uh, I, I would just use the fact that I automatically became good at it purely as a uh, <laughs> way to finally beat this game because I've tried many times and even though I don't like it, I feel like it's defeated me. And I so I keep trying to beat it, and I haven't been able to yet. Mario Two. I would like to be able to speedrun Mario Two purely so that I could beat Mario Two and not have this stain on my reputation <laughs> or my conscience. <laughs> That's funny. Number four. Number four for me is Diddy Kong Racing. This game <laughs> I played a lot as a kid, and it was just—I love the campaign, and I would not mind doing that a lot. Like that just seems like that seems so, so much fun. That seems so random to me. Really? I, I played Diddy Kong Racing. I think last year for the podcast, didn't I? Yeah, you did. I mean, I guess maybe it's because I also because I've never played it, but I don't know. That's uh, that's gotcha. that's just funny. That's a good one though. I would have a lot of fun with this. 
All right. Uh, my number four is a game that I have not played yet, but I hope to. Uh, this is on my New Year's resolutions games. Uh, Rayman 1. Oh, yeah. Because, again, as I've said before, I played Rayman Legends a couple years ago and I absolutely loved it. I somehow still haven't gone back and play. It's the first Rayman game that I've ever played. So I want to go back and play the original and, you know, a bunch of the others. I still have not gotten around to even playing any of them. But, like, any platformer like this is, you know, kind of lends itself to speedrunning. Oh, for sure. Since I love Rayman Legends so much, I imagine I would probably at least like Rayman a good bit. So that so it's got to be my number four. Cool. Number three is Banjo-Kazooie. Uh, another N64 game that I really enjoyed doing the campaign and would not mind 100%ing that game over and over and over to a point where I just know absolutely everything. I don't know. I think that game would be <laughs> super duper fun. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. I would play the shit out of that. All right, number three. Uh, I'm trying to decide between my number three and number two. I'll probably just keep them as they are. Uh, my number three will be Katamari Damachi. Oh, man, that's a good one. That's a fun <laughs> game. Yeah, yeah I need to play that soon. Just because it's so crazy and funny and dumb and fun. Like, <laughs> oh, that game is super cool. I love that yeah. game. Uh, it's, uh, it would just be fun. Just like... Oh, here I am rolling around. I'm going to roll around and pick up these random objects and they'll stick to me. And I'm going to roll around here and pick up these fucking toasters. And then I'm going to roll over here and pick up these batteries. And then like by the end of any given level, you're like, oh, I'm going to pick up this like building. Oh, here's this Loch Ness monster. Uh, yeah, I mean, Katamari Damashi is so much fun. It, I think. Oh, I love fun. that game. It'd be a fun uh, speedrun game. I'd be okay with that one. I don't know if I've, I don't think I've ever seen a. I wonder if they speed run this one very. Oh, much. for sure. I imagine oh, they okay. have to, but I've never seen it. Yeah. Have you? Interesting. No, I haven't actually. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number two. What you got? Number two would be Luigi's Mansion for GameCube. I've wanted to speed run this game for a long time, and I think it'd be super fun to be really good at that game. <laughs> it's such a great game. It was like one of the first games I ever played for GameCube, and it was just. Oh, such a good title. Yeah, that, that, that's a good one. My number two is... Uh, this is a game that I've never played. I've never played any of the games in the series, but I've seen a... Uh, I, I've, I've watched a couple speedruns of it. And the speedruns are so impressive that <laughs> I would just like to be good at this just because, just because it's like... Would be so <laughs> just to like make people like watch me in awe and like get all the ladies, which is super, cool. su- su- super monkey ball. Oh man, I love super monkey ball. I think I would like it, I've just never played it. But like the skill and the precision that these guys have that, oh, yeah. that speedrun, like super monkey ball is not the game that you like speed run by doing glitches. It's like, Oh, I found if you fall exactly right, or if you jump off this thing true. exactly right, then you, then you can finish this level super duper fast. And, and not only that, but there are like fucking like a hundred levels or something like that, that you have to go through and do all these things. So precise. It's like, this is one of the most impressive speed run games to me where, because you're not real. I mean, they're all impressive. But on this one, I don't know. There's like there's it seems like there's so much more precision that that you have to have for the speedrun than than in most other games that are that uh, people do speedruns for. Uh, it's it's just I 
these are this like the most that I'm impressed during watching like an AGDQ is typically on Super Monkey Ball. It's really good. All right, what's the number one game that you would love to be good at speedrunning? For me, it'd be Super Mario Sunshine. Not quite, it's not oh, quite really? Super Mario 64, but I loved Super Mario Sunshine. Another GameCube game, too. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that game immensely when I first came out. And I've talked about it a couple times on the podcast. I, I just really, really like that game. And watching people speedrun it, it's mechanically looks very, very interesting. Some of those levels, like, in that game, took me forever to get through. Like, 30, oh, yeah. 40 deaths. And this guy, these guys are just, like, smashing it. <laughs> I've never yeah. played it. Is it a good? Is it a good game? Like, do people? Oh, like, absolutely. Do is this like a? I feel like there, this is one. I, I could be wrong. I might be thinking of another one. But is this the one that like a like a lot of people like, but like a lot of people also don't like? Yeah, I think okay. so. Okay. I mean, people prefer uh, Mario sixty four for sure. But oh, do they? Okay. Oh yeah, for speedrunning in particular. Okay. All right, my number one. Game that I like to be good at speedrunning. This is also because of how difficult it is. Um, Battletoads. Oh, God. That's <laughs> some fucking bragging rights. <laughs> I know. I know, right? That's basically That's what it comes funny. down to. Is This game is so damn hard. Uh, it, would be, it would be really cool if like I was amazing at it. <laughs> That's too funny. Yep. So, uh, good list. I like that one. Okay, for our next top five, I've got two um, two ideas. One of them is one that we talked about before. Um, games that we think should never have had sequels. Ooh, I like that one. That's a fun one. I think that was good too. Um, another one is, and I was thinking about this while we were while I was working on my uh, list for this episode. Instead of top five games that you would like to be good at speedrunning at. Top five games that you would like to be good at on the competitive scene. Ooh. That's kind of hard to do with older games, though, isn't it? Um, A little bit, but... I think it's doable, for sure. Interesting. Do you want to save that one and do the other one? Yeah, I like that. Okay. So, uh, top five for the next episode will be top five games that we... Uh, that should never have had sequels. That do have sequels, but uh, we think they should have just been left alone. This is you know, the... be interesting. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying this is the we came up with this idea because we did the opposite of this the first time. Games that we wish had had sequels. Mm-hmm. We did that a few episodes back, and we talked about doing the opposite, which is this: games that have sequels that we that should not have. What were you gonna say? I was going to say, what if you did top five games you wish you could completely forget that you've played it so you could play it for the first time again? Ooh, that's a good one. I'm going to write that. I'll write that down in my notes. RPGs and stuff, I feel like it's insane. Playing Chrono Trigger again for the first time? Final Fantasy Tactics? Are you kidding me? I'd pay money for that. (laughs) I know you would. Um, Let me write this down real quick. Uh, I'm glad we finally got Mr. Nuts and Clocktar out of the way. I know, that was... It's been a long time. Talk about it forever. All right, so I'm going to write down <clears throat> top five games we'd like to be good at competitively. And also, um, how did you word it again? The one that you just came up with, top five uh, games? Top five games you, you wish you could forget that you've played. So you could, Well, the, you forget that you've played through the entire game so you could play it as if you hadn't played it again. We'll, we'll say 
I'll try to shorten that a little bit and say top five games you wish you could play for the first time again. There you go. How's that? That sounds amazing, Roberto. Um. So wait. So that's the one that we're we're saving that one and yeah. Okay. We're saving that one, and for the next one, it's going to be top five games that should not have had sequels, but but they did. I like it. All right. Awesome. Time for emails. We got a bunch of emails this time, which is fucking awesome. I agree. Thank you, everybody who wrote in. Thank we you. Are... Well, I'll thank you after. I want to read them. Oh, and by the way, I haven't looked at these yet, so I haven't. So I haven't um, uh, tallied up the Resident Evil vs. Silent Hill votes. I don't because I haven't looked at the emails to see if we got those. But our friend uh, Ryan, who who writes in from time to or frequently, he did a quick uh, poll on Twitter mm-hmm. about a week ago. And said, what game should Rob play for the podcast Resident Evil or Silent Hill? And it was like four to nothing Silent Hill. Really? Yeah. So it looks I'm like I'll probably this. be playing Silent Hill this uh, this year sometime. That's cool. Unless there's a massive swing in the email section, but I kind of doubt there will be. It seems like everybody just wants to see Silent Hill or hear about it. I hope you should stream that one. Remember the last time I got to watch you play a scary game? That was hilarious. <laughs> Oh shit! Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Um. All right. So the first ep- the first episode. Start over. Stop it. <laughs> no, you stop it. First ep. First. Holy shit! I almost said it again. Oh my god! You are cancerous. <laughs> I'm gonna take a sip of water. Please. Oh Jesus! What are you drinking there, pal? <laughs> First email comes from Sam. There we go. I said it. Subject line is dang it all. Sam says, yo, fellas, how's it going? Hope the last couple of weeks have been treating you well. Yeah, I'd say all things considered pretty well. Just busy. Or just busy with work. Yeah. First off, screw you, Robert. (laughs) (laughs) This is off to a good start. Yeah, that got me good. (laughs) In parentheses, only kidding, Sort of. The Professor Layton games were, <laughs> were on sale last week, and thanks to your positive opinion of one of them, I went and picked it up, as well as the two other Professor Layton games on the 3DS. <laughs> oh, jeez. Seriously, guys, uh, I think I have a problem. That's awesome. I hope you're enjoying those, Sam. So I'm paying you back for that recommendation, Robert. I've been playing the Box Boy series of games on the 3DS and enjoying them quite a lot. They are puzzle platformer games made by HAL Laboratory, makers of Kirby, and they are simple, fun games. And they're $5 a piece. I recommend them if you like puzzle platformers. I've heard of Box Boy, but I've never really looked into it or anything. I didn't didn't even know it was a series. I thought it was just one game. Uh, So, yeah, Sam, okay. I will return the favor and at least check it out and maybe consider buying one or a couple of them. But I'll look into Box Boy. Next, uh, screw you, Chase. <laughs> nice. 
Still out of the picture. Then you wrote JK with a little heart symbol. <laughs> your your email last episode reminded me of an awful memory regarding well memory cards. Many years ago, I was playing Final Fantasy VIII. Don't judge me. I was young, and I was well <laughs> into the final disc when my memory card, some shitty third party card, lost all of my data for not just game, not just this game, but all of my games. Oh, jeez, I'm so oh, sorry. Shit, that's terrible. I don't. <laughs> did you ever have anything happen on your memory card where you like lost all your stuff? I don't think I ever had that experience. I don't think so. That's that fucking sucks. Yeah, that sounds terrible. While I was disappointed that I lost my saves for most of my PlayStation games, Final Fantasy VIII was the most devastating. Yeah, I can't imagine being like almost done with a game that long and then just fucking yeah. Losing it. Even when I like that game, that still sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many hours I put into that game and have yet to return to it partly because of this experience. I don't blame you. Also, I thought it was funny that Jay mentioned quitting my job and broadcasting on Twitch as I actually used to broadcast there long ago and recently decided to return to it now that I have a job and life is relatively stable. So nice knowing the future, Jay. Give me some lottery numbers so I can actually quit my job and do Twitch broadcasting full-time. I'll split the winnings with you. Awesome. Um, I'll have to watch some of your channel and see if I like it. You don't want to encourage if you don't like it's it. Enough of that on Twitch already. <laughs> so shit, yeah. Uh, but that's, that's awesome, Sam. I'm glad, I'm glad you gotten back into yeah, doing Good that. for you. That's super cool. Finally, my top five games I wish I was good at speedrunning. I'm, I'm generally terrible at games, so being good at them would be kind of cool in my estimation. Here we go. Number five, Katamari Damachi. Holy shit. <laughs> I can't believe that. Katamari Damachi. I've watched speedruns. Okay, he says he's watched speedruns of this game. I didn't know. I, I've never seen a speedrun of this game. Like, I imagine there were. Like, I think I was saying earlier, but I've but I had never seen one. And they're crazy execution-wise. Really fun, weird game that looks really cool when done fast. Yeah, that was pretty much my exact reasoning, too. I love those games. God, I want to play now. Stop. <laughs> Number four, a first-person shooter of some sort. Maybe Halo. Oh, uh, man. I I'm, think that. I'm spectacularly awful at FPSs, so I think it would be cool <laughs> to magically be amazing at one. Pretty uh, bad, Number three, a Metroidvania title. That was my number six. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He says, Symphony of the Night or Aria of Sorrow, probably. probably. I love these games and being good enough and having the hand strength giggity to play them would be, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's twice tonight. You guys got to stop. Maybe laugh so hard. Holy shit, he and I are on the same wavelength. Number two, Super Monkey Ball. Wow, you really are. That's not a common one. That's hilarious. These games are ridiculous, and I've seen speedrunners demolish the levels I would consider yeah, impossible for the average human. And number one, another kind of another one that I had, number one, a Mario game. They're popular, they're awesome, and the best of the best make these games look even better than they already are. Personal choice would be Super Mario 3 or Super Mario 64. Ooh. Good gravy, this email kind of spiraled out of control, didn't it? Guess that's all. Uh, I guess that's just how I roll. Also, I want gravy now. Dang it. <laughs> Sam. Well done. I like it. Thank you, Sam. Yeah, thank that was, you. That was a good one. Mucho appreciado. All right. Uh, Jay, you get to chase. Oh, this is a short one from Chase. Um, Not a read, dude. Sorry. 
This one is from a, uh, you get to read Chase the Night Cleaners email. Ooh. Uh, the second, the um, subject line is things are getting busy in the email section. All right. Hello, gentlemen. Chase the Night Cleaner here doing an email. As things have been popping in the email section lately, I thought I would keep this one short. First, Robert, you are a gentleman. Second, oh, Jay, thanks. you are a scoundrel in the best way possible. Now for the question of the day. What is one game you have played that you felt was way too short? These days, we see huge open worlds and games that want us to play them for uh, forever, but not every game is or has been like that. Ooh. Hmm. Game that should have been shorter. Shorter. Well, games that games that we wish was longer. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Games we felt was way too short. Yeah, I'm sorry. You are correct. I think that's well, kind of harder, actually. I'm very impatient most of the time, so you, so I usually have no complaints about a game being short. Um, maybe. <laughs> Maybe the original Mario Kart, you could, I mean, no, 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 you know what, I take it the original F-Zero maybe could have, could have used some more tracks, maybe, uh, geez, I don't really have much more than that. The only other game that comes to mind is Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes is insanely short, like, I even knew it was short, and I, I mean, I was like, "Oh shit, that's that's the end, really." But that was because it was really just like a almost sort of a demo for the real Metal Gear Solid Five. Like it was just kind of like a they had to release something in the meantime, so they just gave us a little something to play. So th- I mean, I don't know if that one really counts too much. Those are the only ones that I can really think of. I'm trying to think of anything that I wanted to be longer. It's kind of tough. You're I mean, gonna... maybe, maybe Final Fantasy, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, maybe Final Fantasy Tactics. I mean, Tactics was a really great game. And <laughs> it, I mean, it's the it's my favorite game probably Just of all time. Just keep going. But, um, no, it's, it's a really great game, and every time I play it, it feels slightly shorter than the first time. So having that game be dragged out, I think, would be very interesting. I don't know if I'd necessarily want them to drag the story out, but at least to do some sort of, like, repetitive end game stuff where you can grind more gear or something. Sure. I don't know. Because like a lot of that kind of stuff, like the secrets and stuff you had to do throughout the game, you couldn't wait till the very end, otherwise you were too late. Um one another another one that I just thought of is Kirby's Dreamland. Ooh. Ooh. That's that a, is true. Yeah. It's I feel a, like the Mega Man has the same issue in certain ones as well. Maybe so. Kirby's Dreamland I loved, but I I always one. even when I was younger I could beat it like very easily, pretty quickly. So if that had a little bit more content in it, that would be good. But yeah, I, I don't know. I can't speak to Mega Man because I've only played Mega Man two. Gotcha. Is that it for the is that it for the email? Oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you for <laughs> uh thank you for what I expect has been a pristine show so far and looking oh, yeah. forward to listening soon. Thank I you, mean, Chase. I'm naked, so... I'm wet. <laughs> Sorry, moist. Uh, but, oh yeah, that makes it that makes it better. <laughs> Alright, thank you, Chase, as always. Yeah, thank you, Chase. Next one com- uh, comes in from Trampus. Uh, subject line is Bored Mailman. Hey guys, my name is Trampus. Yes, it's a weird name. First time writing in. I've been a mailman... Yeah, here we go. I've been a mailman for a few years now. 
and get super bored out here on my own all day. I recently stumbled onto your podcast and have since gone back and listened to the entire thing. Wow. A task in and of itself. Yeah, no shit. Great stuff, though. I wanted to weigh in on your decision about which game to play this year. Oh, here we go. Up, oh, Silent Hill all the way. <laughs> so that's like five. Told. Yeah, five to nothing on Silent Hill. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, I think if I was a mailman, I would do nothing but listen to podcasts all day long while I was on the Oh, yeah, for route. sure. <clears throat> Trampa says, I missed out on Silent Hill when it first came out. I didn't, and I, I wrote for this me interjecting. I've never played Silent Hill. I played a little bit of Silent Hill 2, but I never played Silent Hill 1. So, yeah, I definitely missed out on it as well. He says, I didn't have a PS1 back then. Instead, I had an N64. When Silent Hill 2 came out, I had already bought a PS2. Since it had nothing to do with the original game, I played it, I played it first and enjoyed it. But there were many other amazing games on that system to play, so I moved on and mostly forgot about it. Years later... When Silent Hill 3 was coming out, I had read that it was connected to Silent Hill 1, so I set out to play it first to get the story down. Now, the story isn't the most amazing part of the game, nor is the graphics. You'd be hard-pressed to sell someone on this game based on the way it looks compared to today's standards. But I submit to you that the atmosphere and music of this game will put dread in your heart. Yeah, that's kind of what I think of when I think Silent Hill is like atmosphere and music, really. It's the only game I've ever played that made me want to stop playing it after I reached uh, a save point. Wow. You know how most gamers will push on past the save point? Not with this game. It made me feel like I needed to stand in sunlight and think happy thoughts. I'm Jeez. A, he says, I'm a horror movie fan and this game unnerves me. Wow. I really got it. I really got it. Yeah, he's selling this really well. Yeah. <laughs> Hardcore selling it. Play it with the lights off and the sound up, and I guarantee you'll get the full experience from it. All right, I will do that. I will hard pass on that. <laughs> but Not scary games, but damn, that sounds scary. <laughs> but enough about that. I'm currently working on Final Fantasy V on the Super Nintendo. Ooh. Working my way through it in preparation for... You ready for this? Final Fantasy Tactics, Ooh. which Jay talks so highly about. Just tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Every about night. Jay. Do you want? Do you, do you have anything else to say about Final Fantasy Tactics? Do you, do you think you need to sell them anymore so. on it? I don't think so. I think I've sold it more mm-hmm. than the allotted times for this podcast. I think you're probably right. I don't think people want to hear about it anymore. I've, he says I've got about 40 hours in it so far, and I'm loving the class systems in place. Robert, is he talking about in Final Fantasy Tactics or Final five? Fantasy Five? Okay. Um, Robert, you talk a lot about point and click adventures. And I wanted to see if you would weigh in on this. Oh, I'll weigh in on anything. <laughs> if you get my drift. You don't have to ask him twice. <laughs> I'll weigh right in on this. I'm all about weighing in on Don't tell me what to do. When I was really young, my uncle had a game on his computer that I wasn't supposed to play. It was Uh-oh. called... <laughs> it was called Rex Nebular and the Cosmic Gender Bender. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Is that a real game? I'm about to look this up. Oh, uh, shit. That's too funny. He says, it's a point and click that I'm curious to know if you've played. No, I have not. Or would be willing to do a review on it. <laughs> no, please stream that. I want to watch that. <laughs> Rex Nebular and the Cosmic Gender Bender. Holy shit. Let's see. What is this coming? <laughs> this is 
DOS, Windows, Linux. So, yeah. holy shit. Okay, well, somehow. Okay, so this came out in uh, 1992. But uh, according to Wikipedia, it's showing a 2014 Windows release date. So it's got to be re-released in some fashion. Um, wow. I will definitely look into this. Plot. The bumbling bachelor, Rex Nebular, has been hired by Colonel Stone to retrieve a vase that holds some sentimental value for 75,000 Galactars. <laughs> what? What the hell? I have, I don't know what this, uh, Stop. game's about. I'm definitely willing to, to to give it a shot if I can like find a good way to play it. He says if um Trampa says if you if you give it a good review, I think I will get and play it again. All I remember about it was that you are a dude who crash lands on a planet of women and have to fix your ship and leave. Also, like everything you do wrong leads to immediately it leads to immediate death, which was usually funny. I oh yeah, that's the I don't like that in point and click adventure games, but I think that's kind of a given. Nobody does, but it, I, I do see the humor that also like the smallest little thing wrong. Like, Oh shit, you're dead. Uh, sounds like a Sierra game. Anyway, this is getting quite long already. So I'll leave you with that for now. Keep doing what you're doing. Emails are definitely the best part of your show, of your show. It's cool hearing you guys interact with your audience. Keep up the good work. Thank Thank you you so much. Trampus. We're on to Simon now. Uh, this is from Simon. Uh, she says, greetings and happy 2008. I mean, 2018. Hey, even if Robert was saying the year wrong, at least it would have been fitting for the podcast. Which I was not, by the way. I'm just going to clarify sure that, that once again. You sure about that? That's not yes, what I heard. I know I will. I'm from a trustworthy source that uh, you did. Well, you think it's a trustworthy source. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, anyway, she goes on to say, classic, <laughs> classic games are timeless, so it doesn't really matter what year it is, right? Uh, she says, the latest episode's discussion of saving over uh, saved game slots reminded me of something that happened to me in Game Boy days. I used to bring my Game Boy to school every day to play Pokemon on the way home. Um, I did as well on the bus and some, some school. Uh, or possibly during particularly boring classes, uh, boring lessons, excuse me. But shh. Uh, she says, wherever we had sport, I'm assuming that's like gym, we would have to take our valuables out of our bags and put them on a table so they wouldn't be stolen by reckless teenage hoodlums or whatever. That seems like a very easy way to get your stuff stolen if you're forced to put all your valuables out of your bag and just set them on a table. Doesn't sound like a good idea to me. What do I know? It's true. Uh, for most people, it was just a wallet because this was the days before every person on the planet had a mobile phone. But of course, I had my Game Boy. Uh, one afternoon after sport, I switched my Game Boy on to continue my Pokemon adventures. And to my horror, I discovered that the girl who had some excuse for not participating in sport that day had not only played my Game Boy without my knowledge, but it saved over my save file. Damn. Yeah, that sounds like fucking shit. And that girl sounds like a bitch. <laughs> That's really funny. That's I'd be so pissed if that happened to me. Seriously, like, that's so tilting. Yeah. Uh, let's see. She says I actually only restarted my game not too long before and was only a few hours in, so I hadn't lost a huge amount of progress. But the kicker was that my save file had an official Nintendo distributed view on it, which was now lost to oblivion. Nintendo Australia had held a promotion where you literally had to mail your game cartridge to their head office and they would mail it back with Mew and your party. It has been stressful 
I know. I, I, I didn't know about this. I mean, that's actually really interesting. Um, it had been a stressful enough sending my games with uh, all my precious Pokemon on them through the mail, but they never, uh, but they were returned safely, and it had all been worth it until this happened, and it had ended up feeling like it was just a big waste. Uh, the only saving grace was that I did get Mew on both blue and red cartridges, and only one of them had been lost. I ended up using the cloning glitch to duplicate my one remaining Mew so that I could have two again, but it just never felt the same. Uh, she says, have you ever had a situation like that, where you'd lost save data due to no fault of your own, but because someone else saved over it, especially if they played the game without you even knowing about it, or have you ever lost a save file that contained data you were never able to replicate limited availability character or item? No, I don't have. I haven't had any situation quite like this. The only thing I can think of that's similar is when I got really far on Mario. I told last time about the story where I accidentally overwrote my own save on Monkey Island Two. But <laughs> the only thing I can think of where somebody else did something was uh, I was really far on Mario Three, and I had <laughs> never, I had not been able to beat the game at this point yet, and I got farther than I had at that point, and I had to pause it and like go downstairs and eat lunch or something. It was on a weekend. And uh, my sister got really mad at me and reset the game, but yeah, that's not cool. No, it definitely wasn't cool. And but no, I can't think of anybody, any of my friends or anything like that, like overriding a save of mine or anything like that. Did you? Yeah. So um, one that was my fault and one that wasn't my fault. Uh, the one that was my fault was actually just a couple of years ago. I was playing Final Fantasy Nine, and I was probably thirty hours deep. And I accidentally loaded my save file, like a really early save file, and then accidentally saved over. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think you told us about this. Yeah, it was (laughs) still kind of a tilting moment in my life. Um, I was super pissed off. Like, I could not believe that I had done it. I had spent so much time on that game. Oh, man. And then the other one was Final Fantasy VII. Uh, My sister was interested in playing Final Fantasy VII because we talked so highly of it. And so she did, and when she started her file, I had a couple files at the time, so I was trying different things. Um, she saved over it. <laughs> and she <laughs> saved over my files, and I saw her do it, and I was so freaking pissed, because I told her like 40 times, like, hey, when you save, make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure, make <laughs> sure. I was so pissed. She's probably like, I know how to save a game. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's pretty much what she said. She's like, I know, I know, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. Boom, does it. Uh, back to the email? Oh, I was like, what are you doing right now? I forgot that that wasn't the end of the email. <laughs> um, she was on to say, the top the top five this week is a cool idea, but when I think about it, I'm not really sure there's any game I'd actually want to be super amazing at speedrunning, at least not to the level of the AGGQ runners. Uh, those runs are really impressive to watch, but I feel like I'd lose a lot of satisfaction and enjoyment of playing the game if I played it to that uh, with that degree of methodical precision. I actually think about that all the time. That's actually one of the reasons why I don't think I don't really get into speedrunning too much is because it would ruin games that I love. If I did it too much. I yeah, I can understand that. I, the The thing that I think has kept me out of it is I always want to like try out and play and discover new games. So I I can I could never just settle on one and play it for you know like. Yeah, I hours cannot see you and doing hours that. all the time. Like, yeah, I couldn't do that. The only game I've known you to do that for is like StarCraft too. Yeah, that's true, and and that's and that's a different situation because that's kind of that was more of like a almost kind of like a sport, like a competitive thing. Like, it's not obviously it wasn't me playing like the campaign over and over yeah. and over. It's like, oh shit, I'm gonna play. You know, I, I love playing against people and, and competing and this kind of stuff. So I'm gonna do this over and over. Uh, yeah, so that's not quite the same thing, but yeah, ex- but yeah, you're right. That's kind of the only time that I've 
that I've done that really. And, and same with Warcraft 3. That's a good one. Okay. Um, I think the runs that rely on a lot of glitches also reduce some of the fun of watching the game uh, the way it was meant to be played. I actually agree with that. I, that's why I watch a lot of the 100% runs more than the any percents. Because <clears throat> I really like seeing them play through the entire game, especially if it's like a really long game. For me, it, it, for me, it kind of depends. If it's like a uh, platformer or like an action game or anything that's kind of more Twitch-based, I like watching the whole thing. Mm. But if it's an RPG or a game more like that, then I like watching, then I really like, then I really do like watching the, the glitches where like you back up through a wall and like jump at the right time and duck and then you teleport to the final boss or something like that, you know? Just like random shit like that. I, I, th- I think it's really fun to watch. I like it sometimes, but I also don't mind watching people play through like an entire game because it's like, oh, I want to watch the whole story, but I don't want to have to actually play. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's fun. <clears throat> um, I've heard some runners say in interviews that you should never run a game you really love, and I think I can understand why. I actually agree with that. That's what we were just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes on to say, I guess the closest I've come to speedrunning was when I used to play Banjo-Kazooie 200% over and over again trying to beat my best time. I wasn't really going for any sort of records uh, because I didn't even know what anyone else's time was. It was just that back then I didn't have 50 million games to play, so I had to find a way to keep entertaining myself with <laughs> the games I own. That's cool. I still have... What's funny is when you have that few games, you enjoy each of them so much more. <laughs> I think it's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I still have my save file for the best time I ever got, which was 4 hours, 49 minutes, and 48 seconds. That's more than double the current world record, but I guess <laughs> it's not too bad for a 15-year-old girl who didn't know, um, didn't even know what speedrunning was, let alone what the optimal route was or how to perform any of the glitches. Yeah, that's not bad remember, at all. I remember going to my cousin's birthday party around that time, and a friend of hers i'd never met before somehow got into the topic of banjo kazooie and boasted that he could collect everything in seven hours i chimed in and said yeah i can do it in five and he got so upset he kept <laughs> shaking his head he kept shaking his head muttering five hours five hours <laughs> and it seemed really uncomfortable every time he looked at me for the rest of the night i'm pretty sure the first thing he was going to do when he got home was try to beat my time so i did reach the speed running achievement of demolishing some guy's self-esteem at nice least. <laughs> All that being said, if I did not have to pick one game to master speedrunning, it would have been Super Mario 64. That's a good <laughs> that was like the obvious one, yeah. Um, that's my favorite game to watch uh, being run. All the 3D platforming, acrobatics, and the runner's bluff just looks so cool. It really does. Um, even if I could, couldn't get a good overall time, it would be great to be able to do some of those crazy moves to speed around the levels with ease and get to places you're never meant to be able to get that way. Well, that was my attempt at writing a short email my only by only bringing up two main topics, but this is this is me we're talking about, so it still ended up linked with a small essay. Looking <laughs> forward to the next episode. Are you still planning to do your top fifty games of all time for episode one hundred? Uh, we're doing top one hundred games of all time. Well, yeah, yeah. I have a feeling that's going to end up being the longest episode yet. Yep. Not that it, that's a bad thing. The more classic podcasts we get, the, uh, excuse me, we get the better, right? I agree. Yeah, we were talking about this before we started recording, just kind of touching base and everything, and yes, that is going to be a long-ass episode. We were like, basically like, yeah, just be ready, because that's going to be long as hell. Alright, thank you, Simon. Yeah, thank you. Next one is from Ryan. I'll take on this one. Oh, you're so strong. Subject line is, two emails in a row, this could be a pattern. 
Ryan says it's been two weeks, so it's time to write an email to my favorite podcast. Oh, thanks, Ryan. Nice. Hope you all hope <laughs> hope you all have had a great couple of weeks. It looks like Robert is going to be playing some Silent Hill from the Twitter survey. <laughs> Have fun running away from the pyramid heads. I'm not much of a horror genre game guy. Friday the 13th on the NES ruined it for me. <laughs> didn't you say something? Didn't you say that game used to scare the shit out of you also? Oh, for sure. That game scared the <laughs> shit out of me. Yeah, for sure. Have you ever bought a game because it had cool cover art only to find out it sucked? That's hilarious because I was sort of talking about that with Pinball not too long ago. I feel like there are a lot of uh, games when I played growing up. Oh, there. Sorry, go on. There's I, one to, to, I was going to say Blockbuster. I remember going to Blockbuster, and the best games didn't have the most amazing cover art, but some of the worst games had the best cover art. Uh-huh. It's so funny. There was... I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it. Give me just a minute, because I'm going to try to look this up. There was a... Um, there was a Super Nintendo game that had... It was like a robot game. When I was little, and I did, I like went to the store. I was just like looking around, and I did buy this purely on based on the cover art looking cool. And it turned out to really not be a very good game. That's uh, funny, but I cannot hold on. I, I really want to see if I can find this. Okay, I believe it was Zardion. Yep, it was Zardion. Like, wow, it, it just felt like it was a platformer. Where you're a robot walking around shooting bad guys, but it just like felt clunky. Um, you're like this robot walking around, and like you're shooting at bad guys, but like your little lasers or bullets or whatever it is that you shoot out of your arm like looks so puny. Like <laughs> you want them to be like big, powerful lasers or something, but they're these tiny, tiny little like specks on the screen, uh, and it just it just wasn't a uh, fun game, at least not for me. Uh, Actually, SNES Drunk has a video on this, so maybe check that out, because I didn't get very far, so it wasn't fun at all to me, but maybe, I don't know, maybe it's, uh... oh no, he says, is it worth playing today? Not really. <laughs> so, yeah, this was not a good game. Zardion, X-A-R-D-I-O-N. I bought it just because it was a robot game and it looked cool, but it was not. It, was, it wasn't cool, it was a robot game. Did you have any like that? Not that I can think of. I definitely had some. I'm just struggling to think of any, but there were a lot of games. Like I said, I went to Blockbuster and we'd rent two games, me and my brother would. And uh-huh. I mean, I would pick some real dog do games just based on the cover boxes. <laughs> I can't think of any examples, though. Hey, this one's going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. Look at the box. How, how could it not how be could awesome? It be <laughs> how could this go wrong? <laughs> oh, okay. He says King's Knight on the NES tricked me good. Look at that cover art. Anime-looking knight with a hot anime babe hanging on his armor with a goofy dragon carrying a sagely-looking guy with a kid. Holy shit. <laughs> Have you found it? Let me see. Yeah, look at this. Oh, yeah, it is, is damn. it is really anime-looking. Or yeah, it's like the, the cover game. art is. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, the gameplay looks a little rough. Yeah, I agree with that statement. Um, he says, uh, it looked like it could be a lot of fun. Not. It was a frustrating piece of garbage that sucked away so many hours of my nine-year-old life because my childish tenacity would not allow me to quit. It was released by Squaresoft before they started putting out Final Fantasy games. That's interesting. I watched a video of Pro Jared talking about the game and playing it last year. 
Yeah, I never would have. I would have never figured out that game as a nine-year-old. For the past couple of weeks, I've been playing Final Fantasy One on the P. Wow, on the PSP. Every chance I get, preparing for the speed for the speedrunning tournament. Oh yeah, that's right. He wrote, he told us last time that he had been. Yeah, there. that's right. On Tuesday, I got my first race in. I lost by seven minutes, but for the first hour, it was really close. Seven I was, minutes. That's yeah. not that long. That's crazy. Yeah. I was only two minutes off of my personal best when I finished the game. Wow, that's that's awesome, which is pretty good for me. My biggest issue was when RN Jesus abandoned me and I started having a number of unrunnable encounters, which took a lot of time away from me in the sunken shrine. Uh, that sucks. That, and I got lost on the overworld for about a minute in the airship trying to find Onrak. Oh, that sucks. I was. It was probably more fun to watch the race than doing it. When I was racing, I could only see my screen, but the next day I got to see the side-by-side with commentary. My next match is in two weeks, so I have some so I have some time to work on the run and equipment glitch. I didn't plan to do this again, but, I, but if I keep enjoying the rebroadcast with my kids, I might do it again next year. That's that, cool. That's, that that's really, really cool. Is. That, uh, this is a pretty good segue to the top five games I want to learn to speedrun and say. be a boss at. <laughs> I'm omitting games that I already speedrun, and I'm looking more at uh, the wish list. All right. Number five, Super Dram World 2. And I've heard the say, name. This is a, he says, a Super Mario World ROM hack. Oh, that's right. That's right. This game looks troll as fuck. It, it's like someone wanted to torture you to death with a Super Mario World theme. Yeah, I've watched this. <laughs> it's so fun to watch. It's amazing to watch, but I'm not sure how much I would speedrun it. I just watched the speedrun on an AGDQ this year, and it is mind-blowing. I didn't see this one. I saw that they were doing it, but I didn't end up... I didn't watch that one. I, I this I gotta watch this now. This Y'all made it sound good. Number four. Crystalis. Any percent NES. Uh, or I guess it's, I'm sorry, I guess it's just pronounced Chrysalis. Or no, Chrysalis, how do you spell Chrysalis? Oh my god, just move on. Okay, it is Chrysalis. I'm, I'm just seeing if I'm pronouncing it stupidly or not. Uh, he says, probably one of my favorite action RPGs for the NES. I really like the storyline of a futuristic <laughs> society that essentially nuked themselves back to the medieval era. Dragon Dark SD, Dragon Darch? Dragon Darch SDA, I guess, or Dragon Dark SDA, one or the other, had a great run of this during Questing for Glory last year. That was when I realized there was a speedrun for it. The nice thing is when you get this one done, it's a... The nice thing is when you get this... Is when you get this one done. Sorry, it's a little over an hour. I, I got you. You're fine. <laughs> number, number three, Final Fantasy IV colon Paladin SNES. What's this? Do you I don't know. know. This? No, let me see. What is it again? Final Fantasy IV Paladin. Oh. Oh. Is this okay. Like a, is this like a ROM hack? Is this like a ROM hack or something? I... Oh, maybe he's oh. saying. Maybe he's saying like, do play. I don't. I have no idea actually. I mean. Anyway. Okay. I, yeah. I I'm kind of curious actually. I am too, but I don't know. Anyway, he says Final Fantasy IV Paladin for Super Nintendo. This is a small category run if you don't have time to do the whole game. Ah. Oh, so maybe it's like just playing a paladin part of it? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Maybe he's just going for the class, but I feel like you would 
I don't know. I feel like you would call it something else, but I'm kind of curious now. Oh, uh, sure. Um, he says, it looks, it looks like a lot of fun and you can finish it in about an hour. I also don't have to learn the 64 glitch, uh, which is cool. They occasionally hold races for these types of runs. And my brother has already done this one, so I think I'll pick up this one so I can beat him. Ah, nice. Number two, Crystal Warriors, any percent Game Gear. A fairly simple strategy RPG that's not well known. It's a fairly simple rock, paper, scissors format with elements. The Game Gear was my very, was my first, was my very first handheld console I owned. I got it at a garage sale when I was in high school. I enjoyed it a lot and it would be fun to speed run it. I'd like to go back and play some Game Gear games. Yeah. And number one, Chrono Trigger, 80% Super Nintendo. I loved this game growing up and played through a majority of the possible endings, but back before GameFAQs was a thing. Oh, uh, yeah. I enjoy watching others speedrun it. My favorite is uh, Puwexel. The speedrun is fascinating to see which encounters you dodge and sometimes how they manipulate the game to allow them to skip what would usually be a forced encounter. Thanks for the great podcast, and I'll catch you guys next time. Ryan. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Ryan. And last one. This really was a killer email section this time. Yeah, it was. Um, Jay, you got this. Sure. This is from Jeff. Uh, Jeff says, oh, oh, hey, oh, gents. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm God gonna... damn, you're the worst. What? what? Me, I just got um, his subject line. Frickin' Rob never reads my subject line. So why do I work so hard on them? Okay. I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> well, it's I think like he is. 2008. I think I just proved him wrong. Mm-hmm. Anyways, he says, Hey, gents, I really need to start composing my emails on the day I listen to your podcast instead of a week and a half later when I forget all the things I wanted to chime in on. I do remember that I wanted to vote for Rob to play Silent Hill over Resident Evil. <laughs> this is like mo- seven to <laughs> nothing. Yeah, but mostly because I want him to eventually slip into play Silent, uh, excuse me, eventually play Silent Hill 2. I got really bored with the first game and didn't finish it, but I heard the second game was awesome and tempted, to, and I'm very tempted to try it one day. I bought a Dreamcast right when it came out, uh, almost solely to play Seaman. <laughs> nice. I think if Rob plays it, he would probably find it uh, dated by now. Oh, I'm, but at the time, I'm certain I will. I don't even know what this is. This is a game I was, ta- I was telling you about it last time, where it's uh, the fish with the human face on the oh, screen, yeah, and you yeah, talk yeah, to okay. it. Yeah. Okay. Um, you probably find it dated by now, but at that time, I thought it was groundbreaking. First off, Leonard Nimoy is the narrator, uh, not the not the voice of the creature. Ah, okay. Ah. I remember the game being kind of fun. I found it interesting to monitor his development and see how well he could understand and respond to a Myriad. Did you say that? Myriad? M-Y? Myriad. Myriad. Oh, thank you. Uh, Respond to a myriad of questions and comments. In some ways, it reminds me of Animal Crossing, but less, much less of variety and replay value. Hmm. Um, Some other fun Dreamcast games were Virtua Tennis, Power Stone 2, Legacy of Kane, Soul Reaver, Shenmue, and Jet Grind Radio. Jet... Jet Grind Radio. Oh, that Jet Set oh. Radio. There's Jet Grind Radio. Those are both good. Yeah, I think Jet Grind was maybe the like the first one. Uh, not sure about the cost of any of those currently, but Legacy of Kane was probably my favorite of the bunch. I've heard really good things about that game, actually. I have too. I think um, I think Blake also has said that he used to really like that game. Seems like something he'd play. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. 
Um, he goes on to say, on the top, uh, onto my top five games, I wanted to speedrun. Number five, Contra. Oh man, I used to be good <laughs> at this, and I would love to learn it again in an in a serious way. Number four, Super Mario Brothers. Side scroller, uh, side scrollers make for cool speedruns, and this is a sh this is a short one requiring incredible precision. That's actually a really good one. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, number three, Chrono Trigger. Um, it is my favorite game, so I would never get sick of it. Best video game music ever. I wonder if you would get tired of it. Uh, number two, Le Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. I love that game. I love that game. Uh, this game is beautiful to look at and has some weird glitching mechanics involved in speedruns. And numero uno is Breath of Fire Dragon Quest. It's about a one-hour run with a combination of strategy, execution of controls, and a bit of RNG. I love this game when I replayed it recently, and it's more fun the more you become familiar with systems. I had an idea for an upcoming top five. Top five game demos. Maybe it was just me, but I didn't get to buy too many games when I got my hands on a decent demo. I had to squeeze every last second of fun out of it. Out of it excuse me. Or in ca some cases, because uh, you were just too amped for an upcoming title. Good episode. Good episode. Dudes, later. Jeffrey. I'd actually like that. I wouldn't mind doing that at some point. I'd, I think that's a really good idea, but I cannot think of a single game that I would be able to could do. Could you do at least a top three? I don't, th I don't think I could do a one. If you rack your brain, do you think you could? Um, possibly. I'll write it down on, the, on our list, like we have of the other top threes, and I'll see if I can like come up with any ideas, and then we'll do it if like I can think of it. Because I literally can't okay. think of anything. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of like a single demo that I ever played, and I know I played some, but I just I don't I just can't think of any. And that's gonna do it for the email section. Wow, that was quick. Which was fucking nuts. <laughs> it was just fucking nuts this time. It's awesome. Yeah, it was killer. Thank you so much, everybody who wrote in. Send us emails. Mail at classicgamingpodcast.com if you want to tell us your five. Uh, what is it for next time? Oh, no, you can't call me for that. Um, uh, games that should not have had sequels, go ahead and do it. Or whatever whatever the hell else you want, us, you want to tell us about, you can do that as well. We'll wrap things up with the current gaming subcast. You got Ooh. anything? What you got? Um, I, mean, I think I said earlier, I, was, I play a little bit more HOTS again. Um, just having fun just going on and playing with friends and just kind of wrecking people. And then I started playing the new game mode in Hearthstone, which I kind of told you about a little bit, the, the dungeon oh, yeah. running thing. And that's, that's pretty fun. I mean, it's it's fun to just PvE and not focus too much on you know the meta and all those different frustrating mechanics. And it, it's actually a pretty enjoyable experience. I'm very impressed with what Blizzard's done so far this year. And here's to see what, you, what they're going to keep doing. Cool. I've got two. I won't spend a whole lot of time on them. One of them is um, Mario and Luigi Paper Jam. I this don't. Is, is that a sequel to? Uh, no, yeah, it's it's a it's a Mario RPG game. It's okay, on uh, it's on 3DS or it might be DS. No, I think it is specifically 3DS. And uh, yeah, I'm sorry, it is. It's a 3DS game because it has 3D in it. That's obviously. It is. Uh, it ha like it is a super fun game. It's it's a good RPG and it's also got like just as good humor as the original Super Mario RPG does. This is I, I this is I'm having so much fun with it and the graphics are really the graphics are really cool because the whole premise of the game is you are in like regular kind of like 3D-ish 
Mario RPG land kind of like I mean the the graphics kind of are that same style. Sure. But um but the premise is you're you're playing in that world and Luigi like knocked a book off of a shelf or something like that and it popped open and in that book was was uh Paper Mario World and it all like exploded out into your world. So there are also like 2D paper characters running around and like and so it's like there are two Bowsers, there's two Marios and all this stuff. And like the Bowsers like keep fighting with each other about who's going to steal like both of the princesses. And then Paper Mario jo- joins your party. So it's regular Mario, regular Luigi and Paper Mario that you're controlling going around fighting like paper bad guys, regular bad guys. It's 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 really fun. And like I said, the 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 humor is really good as well. There are a lot of genuinely really funny parts in it. So, uh, I'm, I've been playing that a good bit. It's super fun. And, and also I've been playing a, uh, a new PC game called Opus Magnum. Hmm, I haven't heard of this. And it's really kind of hard to describe the sort of gameplay if you're not like looking at it, but what it is, is you are an alchemist and you're trying, and you're supposed to make these machines that combine elements in certain ways and like make them bond in certain ways and like so what what it is is any given like uh level basically we'll say okay. okay you you have to make these we'll say for instance these three elements bond together in this certain way uh and then you have to drop them in this little section where they go when they're finished and uh, and and to to form these three elements, we're going to give you like these couple elements to to start off with. And what you do is you put little machines down, and you build arms that gra- that reach out, grab stuff, rotate, drop them in places, and do that kind of wow. stuff. And uh, and like you you give you're 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 sort of like programming them. You're saying, all right, for for each of the little arm, you're saying like, all right, I'm going to put this arm here, and there's this element here, and I'm going to give this arm these commands, and it's going to uh, turn, grab, turn back the other way twice, maybe extend or go on a track, then let go, uh, then go back. And then this other arm at the same time is going to be like doing this or that. And then we're going to have everything loop at the very end. Um, it's, (laughs) it's, it's basically a puzzle game, but it's really, um, it's kind of addicting and it's, it's it's really satisfying the feeling when you get like when you get a machine working because as you're creating it you're sort of like trying this and that and like a lot of stuff isn't working i'm trying to find a gif to to show you gotcha um here's a good, here's a pretty representative one but then when you finally get one and it starts working uh it, it just it feels so satisfying watch watching your machine go and doing the things that it's supposed to do here. sounds like mousetrap almost <laughs> Kinda, yeah. Here, look at look at this. Oh, whoa! Oh God, I do not. This would not look. Fun. It looks <laughs> cool, but this does not look fun. It looks a lot more. I mean, it is a complicated game. When you're watching a finished level like this, it looks much more impossible than it actually is. Because when you're doing something like this, you're kind of doing it one piece at like one little bit at a time, and saying, "All right, sure. I need a little part here that does this." And then you and then you kind of build on it piece by piece, and you're like, okay, I need this to happen, so I need to put this little part here. And then that's what's so satisfying about it, because by the time you're done, you have this machine. It's like, how the hell could anybody come up with that? You like feel like a genius because it looks so complex. That's really cool. 
Um, there are some, uh, and it doesn't mean as much if you kind of don't, if you're not really playing, so you don't like get like the full thing, but there are some like serious, uh, like crazy complicated, like real, like there's some really impressive stuff out there that people have created doing, uh, doing various missions and stuff like that. But I think there is, there's another one that I've been playing, but I'll, I'll hold off because this is going a little bit long and I want to play it a little bit more before I talk about it. So I think that's a wrap. Jay, Did any it? final words? What you got? Uh, um, not a whole lot. To be honest, enjoy the weekend. Yeah. It's been a long week. Make sure you follow us at Class Gamescast on Twitter. Please leave us some iTunes reviews. That'll be really helpful. Mail us, at always, mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. Hopefully, the recording on this went smooth. I've checked it from time to time. We did have a couple hiccups, but I hope everything sounds good. If not, I super apologize, but I think it's good. I think we're all set. I think so, too. I hope so. I super hope so. Um, I think, and I think that's pretty much it. We got one more episode before the big 100, where we'll have our top 100 games of all time. That's probably going to be an ill-advised venture on our part but we're doing it anyways thank you everybody for listening we'll see you guys in two weeks